Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. Praise God. You got your Bible tonight? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful to you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the spirit of God. We thank you for trusting us with ministry in this dispensation in this age. Counting us faithful, putting us in the ministry. And we thank you for it. We receive the word and the spirit tonight. We receive your instruction, your correction, your direction, your perfection that you're working in us. And we receive instruction for an accelerated year. You want to do more in this time frame this year than you have done in our entire lives in ministry and it's possible because we trust you and because we trust your word and it's your calling and it's your word that's leading us into this accelerated season. In Jesus name. Amen. You know, you can get healed faster than you've ever been healed before. You can have healing work faster. You can have the blessing work at another rate. And when you really look at the Word of God, we've been controlling it all along. We've been controlling it all along, but the church has to understand that the standard, the standard for living an accelerated lifestyle in the Word of God, which means God's saying, I've I've planned to do more in your life than you're currently receiving. And, and really, we should have already realized that. He said, things that I've prepared are for those that love me. Things that you haven't seen, things you haven't heard, things that not entered into your heart. You haven't heard those things. And, but he wants us to reveal them. They're not going to drop on us just because we are his children. They're going to come in our life because we're hungry for them. You know, I've seen people get miraculous healing when an attack comes on their body, but a lot of times if it's really something really extreme, they've had to double up on the word. Well, they had to double up on the word uh, and their healing was accelerated, but not because God was holding something back, they just got closer to him. They just got closer to him, they got closer to his presence, they got closer to his heart. Amen. And then they begin to receive what was coming out of him anyway. Amen. He doesn't have to do something for us. He's done, done everything he's going to do in his word. He said, Jesus on the cross said, it's finished. And we've been blessed with every, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Well, in order to have that received to me, it's going to take more exposure of my life to him. Amen. I was listening to Ben Hinn. Uh, and he was talking to a bunch of young people at a youth camp. And he, he said, I just made a decision that I wouldn't live like normal Christians. I'm not talking about no normal people. I'm talking about normal Christians. He said, I decided I would spend more of my time with God. I would never have a zero day where I didn't do anything spiritual to promote a stronger, closer walk with God to accelerate his plan for my life. I made a decision that I was going to do something spiritual every day. I heard Dr. Jacob said, make sure you do something every day. 
He said you can go to the mall, you can go to the movie, you can go to a game, you can do a lot of things. But at the end of the day, what got you closer to God than you did? What makes you stronger spiritually that you made a decision and gave yourself to? So accelerated lifestyle is going to be a choice. Amen. If I don't do the things that it takes to, be, to live at the pace God wants me to live, I'm going to have the same year I had last year. And a lot of people, it doesn't matter, New Year comes around, next New Year comes around, everything's the same. Why? Because they did the same thing the year before. I'm going to have to give God more time, more of his presence, because I want to. Not out of a work, because if I do it out of a work, then you're going to have an attitude while you're doing it. No, I should choose to be around him. I want to be around him. I want to be in his word. I want to be in prayer. I want, to, I want my life involved in spiritual things. That's what I want. I'm not, nobody's got to make me do it. This is what I choose to do. Just like a person can choose to do something natural, I choose to be in the Word. Just like somebody chooses to go somewhere natural, I choose to go in prayer. I choose to be around my Heavenly Father. That is ultimately my destiny anyway. Amen? And when you really think about this, you don't have a lot of years on this planet. Psalm said your life is like a vapor, like grass. You're here for a season and you're gone. When you look at eternity, when you look at the timeline of eternity, and I only get so many decades on this planet, and, and I can count the decades that most people live on this planet with both of my hands, and sometimes I can count the decades people live on this planet with one hand. That means people are not on this planet a long time. So what we do on this planet needs to be it needs to be something that, that is valuable, something that is purposeful, so that my living is not in vain. Amen? Now look over here in the Gospel of John, chapter 21. I wanted to take a look at this. And, um, and it talks about the end of the uh, summation of the life of Jesus is what Apostle John is writing. And we'll look at the Gospel of John, verse uh, chapter 21, verse 25. And... And it's talking about, he's talking about the life of Jesus and all the works that he did. He's talking about that in three years, you could not catalog, you could not record the works that one man did in three years of ministry. Up to the point of 30 years old, there's not a whole lot of written about his life. There's some record of his life at his birth. There's a record of his life when he was about 12, and then there's a record of his life when he started his ministry in 30. The rest of the Gospels, the rest of the Gospel is talking about Jesus' life from 30 till about 33. There's about three and a half years of life and ministry that was filled and saturated with the plans and purpose of God. He said, my passion is to be about my father's business. My passion is to be about my father's business. And when that, when that business and that assignment was finished, look at what it says in verse 25. This is, and there are also many other things which Jesus did. The Gospels are recorded of some of the things he did. His life was loaded with ministry every day. And notice what he said, I only do anything unless my father tells me to do it. So for a purpose, person to have an accelerated life, they have to be hearing daily about assignment that comes from God. 
They ha- that means they have to be a person that has a passion for prayer or a person that wants to talk to God. So our want to has to change. For living an accelerated life, we have to evaluate our own desires. What am I giving myself to every day? What are my choices every day with my time? I don't want to preach a message just to get somebody excited because it's the end of a year and the beginning of a new one. That's not, that's not what the message was about. And it was not to tell you about something that cannot be manifested or realized. No, God said he wanted to accelerate a year. He wants to do more in our lifetime right now than he's ever done before in one given year. Amen. But we got to get instructions on how to live in that. Amen. And one of the things that has to change is our choices and how we spend every minute. You're going to have to examine how do I spend every minute of my time? Am I talking to the Father? Am I fellowshipping with him? Am I getting instruction? Is my day just loaded with what I'm going to do? Is my day just loaded with what I think about? Is my day just loaded with my thoughts? Am I getting any prompting? Am I getting any instruction from the word? Am I getting any guidance from the spirit? If we say it's going to be a year of instruction and direction, then it should be coming from God. Am I hearing from him? The reason why Jesus did so much, he was constantly hearing from God. He started his day hearing from God. Most believers don't get up with their life hearing from God, but this is an accelerated year. So we got to make some adjustments. I'm going to get up and acknowledge, Lord, my ear is open to your word. My heart is open to the promptings of the spirit. I want to hear from heaven. I don't want to live an ordinary life. I don't want to live an ordinary life when I'm called to live one extraordinary. Amen. And, and what Jesus did, when, when you looked at his life from zero to 30, except for his birth and some places in there, he looked ordinary. He had a job. He was a carpenter. As an adult, he was a carpenter. He wouldn't have worked like everybody else did until he went down to that Jordan River and got baptized. Amen. The Holy Ghost set on him and he changed his life and ministry. I mean, it was an abrupt change. And everybody, if you're going to work for him, get ready for an abrupt change. He, everybody that came on his staff, he told them, you got to come out of your occupation. If you're a fisherman, you're not anymore. I'm going to make you a fisherman of men. And, I'm, and I want your devoted attention. I want your devoted attention every day. When he called Matthew the tax collector, this is your last day collecting taxes. Everybody that was on his staff was devoted to what he was devoted to. Everybody on his staff was committed to what he was committed to. And because they were going to take over and lead the first church without his tangible presence in the earth, he had to make sure they had the same passion and same commitment he did. When, when that first church took, turned loose, they turned the, they turned the whole, na- whole, whole, whole region of Jerusalem to God. Eventually, the whole Israel went to God in a very short amount of time. The Bible covers about the first hundred years of the church. And by the time you get to the first hundred years of the church, they had converted the whole region for people who going after Christ. After 400 years, the Emperor Constantine becomes a Christian. And this is where the, now this is where this thing gets political. Now if the emperor that rules the entire world is a Christian, <laughs> and you work for the government, guess what you're going to be tomorrow? <laughs> you're going to be, you're going to be, a, you're going to be a, what they call a Christian, whether you believe in Jesus or not. 
And because it became so political, people began to flock into the Christian ranks without being a believer in Christ. They're just doing it because it's politically correct. And it began to dilute Christianity. And the power began to leave. The power begins to leave after, after it's been diluted. And it's been a challenge getting it back ever since. And then other philosophies, well, I call them philosophies, other ways of living begin to pop up. We call religion begin to pop up. And then you just had to have revivals in different places. Amen. You just had to have revivals in different places. People begin to get a revelation of God because people begin to get in high places in the church without knowing God, without having a prayer life, without having a passion for Jesus, without even knowing him, begin to take up occupations in the, what we would call the body of Christ. And now you got places to this day, you got places to this day, it's just absence of power. There is a form of godliness out there that says that you don't have to be in the house of worship. You don't have to be in your Bible. You don't have to really be in prayer. You don't have to hear from heaven. You just come up with some kind of form of worship. You may pop in once a month or, or we may meet once a week. No, that's not how the early church lived. They were so passionate about their relationship with Jesus Christ and with the Heavenly Father in their newfound place, seated with him in heavenly places, they pursued this every day. And now we have a thing called revival. That means reviving what's dead, getting back to where we really supposed to be. And that's what we are pursuing now. But it's going to take a whole new-minded person to do that. Today's church is just too casual, and I'm talking about the ones that speak in tongues, that believe in laying on their hands. The places that believe that, we are not noted for that. So when people need that help, they don't come to the local church for that help. They don't come to that because you have to be noted for that. You have to have a reputation for that. Well, God wants to restore that reputation, and he wants to do it quickly, but he's trying to find the right group of people to do it with. You can't just do this with everybody. Jesus had to go through all of Jerusalem and ended up with 12 people. <laughs> and then he ended up with 12, he ended up with 70, he sent out, and by the time of his crucifixion and, and after his resurrection, he had 120. But I'm telling you, that's, that's, living, that's one man living an accelerated life. He ends up with 120 people. People think just because you just got a big group of people and everybody's swaying back and forth and singing, that ain't revival because ain't a one of them can go out and do the work of Christ. That's just a Sunday morning showing. That's all that is. If it's not noted, if it's not known, the Bible said Jesus' ministry was so noted that his fame went across the whole region. That the power of God was so sure that when he comes in the whole cities, he's sought after because he's sought after because they know the power is real. Amen. They know the power is real. And the church has not been sought after because the power that's in the word of God is not in the church. Now, the power is real but it's not fully flowing in the church like it's supposed to. And it's because the church is not properly conducting the power because its relationship with Christ is not per properly conducted. And so we got to go to another level. And I'm preaching about accelerating. It's going to take more than you currently given. 
It's going to take more, more than I'm currently giving. And I'm going to tell you what it is. It's everything. It's, every, it's always been everything. It's always been everything. And, that's, and, that, and the standard for the five-fold ministry is all day. It's 24-7. That's the standard. <laughs> I was listening. I just happened to turn on. I like to listen, look, look, look at different ministers. I was listening to Benny Hinn. He says, Christians get up and have zero days. Zero days in terms of conducting power. Zero days in conducting, re getting revelation of the word. Zero days in ministering prayer. And it doesn't bother them that they made no spiritual progress that day. It doesn't bother them that they had no fellowship with God. It doesn't bother them that nobody around them changed. Nobody that needed Jesus got saved. It didn't bother them. Now, it's ministry all around them. It's ministry all around the believer, because this is what it says right here. We're over here in the Gospel of John, chapter 21, and verse 25. And he says, there are also many other things which Jesus did, that, uh, the which if they should be written, everyone, amen, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the world could not contain the books that one man did in three years. Come on now. God is going to have a wrap-up generation. <laughs> Somebody's going to read this verse right here and get excited. Amen. That one man flipped the power of the whole universe. <laughs> the power of the whole universe <laughs> destroyed the power of sin stripped the devil of everything that he took from heaven. And Jesus said, now is the prince of this world cast out. Amen. Now we have power to cast him out. Amen. Now is he cast out. He came and reversed the curse off of humanity, took it himself, born in his own body. Amen. And, 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 and turned, turned the tables. The Bible said he stripped the devil, defeated him. He has no power, no dominion, no authority in this earth anymore. Amen. And paid the penalty for our sins and gave us the right to be called sons of God by believing in him. Created a whole, created the opportunity for a whole new family for God. Amen. And then gave us the authority to rule and reign with him to take this same gospel in all the world and get the same results. Look over here in John. Let's back up here in John. We're talking about accelerated living. Jesus lived in acceleration. The Holy Ghost has a ministry for acceleration. And God is the God of acceleration. He is the God of all acceleration. And he wants to do more in our lives than we are currently expecting. So we got to take this to a whole nother level. Look what he says over here in John chapter 14. The Gospel of John chapter 14. And, and this is his personal instruction to his disciples. He said this, he says this in uh, verse, verse 10. He says, believe thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Now, to live an accelerated life, that Father was already in him. And the Father was already with him. 
But when the Holy Ghost came on him, he comes on us for assignment. The Holy Ghost don't come on us to shout. Shouting is not an assignment. I'm glad you got it and I'm glad you feel good. <laughs> but shouting is not an assignment. The assignment that the Holy Ghost is going to fulfill is on our lives is going to all the world. Somehow I got to be a part of going in all the world. Some part, I, somehow I got an assignment of going in all the world, how, that's, how I'm connected in that. And I've got to hear from God how I'm connected in that. I got to hear from heaven. It's, that assignment starts with the ministry of the Holy Ghost beginning to lead and direct everything I do. Every day, every moment I get up, and this is how he lived. Let's look at this, what it says right here, because we want to learn how to live an accelerated life. Well, go look at Jesus. That's what I'm doing. He says right here, he says, Believers thou in the Father and the Father in me, the words that I speak unto you. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. You know, I got to make sure that my conversation is the Father's conversation. It doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter if I'm at, if I'm at work. It's the Father's conversation coming out of me. I don't want to practice another conversation any time in my life. I don't want to have casual, clock out, casual conversation where anything can come through my mind, anything can come out of my mouth. That's how you end up anywhere. Amen. And so there's no time out for this. Father wants to live through me. Christ wants to live through me. The accelerated life is God living through you. God living through you in your marriage. God living through you in your occupation. God living through you in your fellowship time. You know, I was telling Pastor Cynthia, buzzards and doves don't hang out together. No, they don't. Because eventually they got to go somewhere and get something to eat. And the palate is so different. <laughs> the palate is so different. Fellowship is doomed to break up. It's inevitable. It's going, we, eventually, we can't hang out because we talk about eating the different things. We, when we, when we talk about eating the conversation is totally opposed to one another. I'm dead. The dove can't live off of that. Eventually, it's going to kill him to live off of that. For him to keep fellowship with a buzzard is certain death for him. Amen. <laughs> the, the, the New Testament believer has to understand to live off dead stuff is death inevitable for us. Amen. To live off things that don't promote life of God, life of the Holy Spirit, the love of God. That's why Dr. Hallibald said the church is going to have to get rid of R-rated movies in 2020. There ain't no life in it. It's a zero activity. It's a zero return activity for the spiritual life. It produces no life. It produces no gospel. It produces no edification for the New Testament believer. And some people, that's going to be a problem. I may lose them like a, like a, like a dove loses buzzards. Because they want to keep feeding on something that's dead. Well, I got a question. Which one are you, a dove or a buzzard? <laughs> I got, I got to ask, somebody may need to get dipped again. 
<laughs> you may get baptized again. Amen. You may need to get it done again, praise God, because a child of God ought to have passion for what the Father has passion for, what the Holy Ghost has passion for, and what Jesus has. Why do I want that? Why isn't the presence of God fullness of joy for me? Why isn't presence of God pleasures forevermore for me? Why isn't that? Why isn't the fellowship of other believers why does it want to be around other believers and talking about the things of God, my passion? Why isn't that? If we're going to live an accelerated year, then change is inevitable. And that's why the God told me to preach the first message I preached. He said, Keith, I'm not talking. To, everybody wants to change. Everybody knows they need to do better. Any New Testament believer knows I can do, I can do better. I'm not a fact. I want to do better. Every time I get a, because if you're born again, there's a, there's a call of God on the inside of you. There's, there's an inspiration that can come to you. There's a word that can come to you causing you to know, I want to do better. I want to go farther. I just got to be, I got to, I just got to put my foot in the ground and make a choice this year. This year, I'm going to feed on things that produce life and life more abundantly. I'm going to give myself things, I'm going to give myself Things that's going to give my life an opportunity to decelerate for God. It's what you put in your car that determines whether to accelerate. You can't just put anything in the gas tank and hit the pedal and get acceleration. No, you got to put something in there that is, that is designed to cause that vehicle to accelerate. Well, that's things that's designed to cause you to accelerate. The Holy Ghost makes you accelerate when you're born again. The Word makes you accelerate. Being around the right people makes you accelerate. Listening to people and watching people accelerate wants you to do it. Amen. Well, I got to put the things in that wants me to cause me to go to that level. Say amen. Praise God. Say I'm going to the next level. This is what he said. Well, then I'm going I'm to let the Father speak to me. Every milestone in my life, every major choice in my life spiritually, it's marked by the Spirit. Every one of them. It's marked by the Spirit. And the intermediate milestones are marked by the Spirit. And the small milestones, we're going to get more of them in there. The small milestones, what do I do with them spaces of time? Because that's what we're talking about. Making those times fuel for acceleration. Fuel, taking those small times. Because God said, I will draw nigh over in James chapter 4. Because he said, I'm only, I'm only saying what the Father tells me to say. But, but I got to get close to the Father for him to talk to me. So I got to make a choice with him. I got to make a choice for him. Look over here in James chapter 4 so you'll see that. You'll have that. It's a very important scripture. This is very important scripture because a lot of times people get in trouble and they need God. I mean, they need him. Man, they don't get him. They're in trouble. I'm just telling you. And, and you can get him because he bound himself to this covenant. In, in, in James chapter 4, verse 8, it says, draw nigh to God. <laughs> and he might. It said he will get close to you. So I can be as close to God as I want, but it's my choice first. Now you get close to God, then God starts coming out of you. And when God starts coming out of you like he came out of Jesus, then my life starts 
producing manifestations at a greater pace. And that's what we call accelerated living. Amen. Praise God. Now, another thing that happens, the Holy Ghost comes on you. When the Holy Ghost comes, when you get close to God, then God starts talking assignment. When God starts talking assignment, then he starts talking the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost comes on you, he comes on you to perform assignment. Where you start doing things faster, things start moving faster because the whole spirit realm gets behind you to do what he said to do. And God says there's things prepared that I haven't seen, that I haven't heard, that I have not ventured into. And he's saying they're prepared for those that want me. Now, I already want you. He said, I already want you. I wouldn't have sent my son to die for you if I didn't want you. Amen. I wouldn't have watched my son suffer in hell if I didn't want you. I wouldn't have watched him suffer on the cross. I wouldn't have allowed his blood to be spilled if I didn't want you. I wouldn't have purged your sin. I wouldn't have gave you a seat in heaven if I didn't want you. I want you. The question is, do you want me? And we can't be the people that just need God because we got some symptoms in our body. If it weren't for that, Lord, I wouldn't even be talking to you today. If I wasn't having a rough time, I wouldn't even be talking to you. But because I got this drama in my life right now, and only you can put out, and all of us had days like that. Yes, we did. And Jesus welcomes the day of your drama when you call him. Amen. Praise the praise God. He wrote a scripture in there. Whosoever, he didn't say the people that was reading every day. He said whosoever, he didn't say the people that was praying every day. He didn't say the people that was tithing. He said whosoever called upon the name of the Lord shall get some of this. He said, they shall be saved. That's how loving God is. He cares so much for us. We're so valuable. We're so much in his image and likeness. And he so cherishes us that if we call him after years of ignoring him, he comes. He still comes. That's not how we act. We see somebody, his number down there, we say, oh, no, we ain't heard from him in a long time. I don't care what kind of drama they in. Let it rain, let it rain, let it rain. <laughs> Aren't you glad God is not like us? That he would take us back at the moment's notice. Jesus is so patient. He'll let you come and, and, and drop your emergency on him, and then you get everything taken care of, and he'll let you walk away again. And guess what? And you get another emergency, he'll let you, you, you repent and come back to him. He'll do the same thing all over again. Don't you read in the Bible and the children of Israel, they walk away from God and get in trouble and call on the Lord, God deliver them. They get comfortable, they go back out again and, and get in trouble again, and then God deliver them again. Guess what? They went back out and did it all over again. The same thing. God delivered them and brought them back in. But here's the thing about going back out. The devil's hoping you don't get another chance. He's hoping you don't make it back. He's hoping you have one of them Samson days. Even though you had many opportunities to get free of this, he hoping your Delilah day excels your time and ability to get back to God. And he wants it to cost you. But we want an accelerated year. We want to see what God's doing in between those deliverances. Instead of dropping down to a low spot, we want this thing to become a high spot. Let this be an accelerated year that you get some of those things that you haven't seen, some of the things you haven't heard. Let this be a year of discovering 
the purpose and plan of God for your life. Let him bring some miracles in between your miracles, some blessings in between your blessings, some manifestations in between your manifestations. And if you draw nigh to him, <laughs> listen, everything you get close to got a cost. Everything you get close to got, got a manifestation attached to it. Everything you give yourself to has an outcome. And I got to decide, you know what? I decided that one day I'm 22 years old. I know what it's like to touch the world. I know what I'm talking about. You call on him and he'll come. He will come. You draw nigh to him. That's what it says right here. He will get close to you. He will get close to you. God wants to accelerate your prayer life this year. He wants you to see so many manifestations this year that he gave the word to the prophet and give it to me at the same time. The Bible says you believe the prophet, so shall you prosper. This is supposed to be a year you accomplish more than you ever accomplished in your life. This is supposed to be your springboard year. That you, you sprang into God like you never have before. And now you're so excited about springing, you can't stop. <laughs> you, know, you, you don't do like the children of Israel, dead men that wasn't born again, going back out into the world. You don't do that. That the blessing of God is so prevalent in your life. And listen, you're going to need a fellowship person this year. I said, you're going to need, yes, you are. I already thought about this. <laughs> I already thought about it. If you think you can just walk out and accelerate a year by yourself, you're not going to. Even Jesus didn't do it, he had disciples. He had, he had disciples around. Even he didn't do it by himself. He had people around him that wanted to go in the direction he was going. I said he had people around him that wanted to go in the direction he was going. You cannot do this without a fellowship group. And I'm telling you, and you got the wrong group. If you think you're going to do this with buzzers, you're wrong. <laughs> you might well close your stuff up and just go on leave now. Because it ain't going to work around buzzards. Doves and buzzards don't hang out together. Total different species. <laughs> totally different. <laughs> it's just totally different. When you are born again, you are totally different than people that are not born again. And listen, when you are passionate about God, then you can't hang around people that are not passionate about God. Unless you dominate the atmosphere. Unless you dominate the atmosphere. I don't want to be around dead stuff. <laughs> I heard this message in, uh, by John Jenkins, and the most powerful message I ever heard him preach. And he said, Samson didn't get in trouble because of Delilah. He got in trouble because he broke his oath with God. What was his oath? Can't cut his hair. Can't touch liquor. Can't get drunk this year. But it was else. And can't touch dead things. So one day he was coming home and there was a dead lion. And bees were making honey inside the deadline. And he decided to partake of the honey. 
but it was connected to something that was dead. So because he broke his oath, he was dead before he ever saw Delilah because he had trained himself. If it was sweet, touch it even if it's dead. And sometimes things look sweet, but it's dead. And if it's got, even if it's got honey on it, but it's dead, don't touch the honey. Don't fax the honey. Don't email the honey. Don't call the honey. Don't Instagram the honey. Don't Facebook the honey. Amen. Don't tune in to the honey. Don't even drive by the honey. Because <laughs> the honey can cost you your life. Say amen to that. Amen. Praise God, family. All right, let's look down here a little bit further. It says, draw nigh to God. I'm supposed to be getting close to him. And then it says, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Boy, he just come right out and talk to us. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. I can't, I got to be focused for an accelerated year. It can't be something else I want more than God. It can't be uh, something else I want more than God. God has been so good. He has blessed us. He's blessed us in spite of not going into full acceleration. He's blessed us in spite of it because he loves us and he's merciful. But he's saying this year I want more. I want you to live a lifestyle that produces acceleration. Amen. Then let's go back off into John chapter 14. I'm going to cover that some more. He says here, he said, the words I'm speaking unto you, I speak not of myself. He says, it's the Father that's given me my conversation for today. You want to be a person that your conversation today came from heaven hot off the press and God can speak to you in many different ways he can speak to you through his word so I've got to give God a chance to speak to me through his word give him a chance to speak to me through his word so so God has spoke to me so I start studying more notes on acceleration I'm studying more on on say well how does this happen how does this happen how does he get more through me than I ever dreamed that he could? Well, yes, he does. He got stuff you ain't never seen. It's got your name on it. And the last place you want to see it is when you get to heaven. And realize all you could have. And listen, I'm going to tell you something, too. If you don't do it, he'll get somebody else, too. Because Jesus is unfulfilled without you being accelerated. He's unfulfilled without me being accelerated then he's got to get somebody. He told me, he said, other men have failed me. This is the reason why I'm asking you to pass in Nashville on both sides of the city. You ain't seen nothing yet. I just know we got to turn it up to go to the full extent of what he wants. Amen. I just know we got to turn it up to go to the full extent of what he wants. It takes more than we're currently giving. And I was trained to give more. I was trained to think more. I was trained to think this ain't enough. And this is why he's giving me this word. This is why he gave me this word on change. He said, Keith, I ain't just asking for change. I'm concerned about the rate of change. I'm concerned about how long it takes them to do what I said. I'm not just concerned about change. I'm concerned about the rate of change. When I told the fisherman 
leave your nets and come and follow me. And I, I wasn't expecting him to take months to make that decision. I was expecting him to change right then. I wasn't expecting them to take 20 years to decide if they were going to come and follow me. The Bible said immediately they left their nets. They left so quick it bothered the daddy. <laughs> you may shake some people up because your change may be so abrupt this year that you shake some people up. And if you're not shaking people up, then you're not abrupt enough. It's taking you too long to make choices that's going to affect somebody else's future for the kingdom of God. Because God's got, he can't use nobody but us. Ben Hinn said something. He said this. He said, if you don't use your faith, you're giving devil authority to operate. Every day, because the only thing that can stop him is the faith of a believer with keys to bind him and loose him. And he said, if the believer that gets up every day and executes no faith is giving the devil the opportunity to operate in their arena. A lifestyle of no faith which means the lifestyle of no word means the enemy has room to operate in my arena. And if you let him, he will destroy your life personally. He will destroy your marriage and he will destroy your children and he will destroy your health and destroy your finances. He goes about to accelerate death. He's a death accelerator. Jesus is a life accelerator. Amen. Then it says right here, he says this, he says, um, he's, that's why most believers are comfortable until something happened to them. Until the day of, until they day of drama comes. And then they accelerate, the, the best of them will accelerate to the word. I'm just trying to solve my problem. And once I get that under control, I'll go back to living the way I was living. Eventually, that's going to cost some people. I'm just, I'm just telling you the truth. It will. That's why it's written in the Bible. It costs people that live that way. And a, lot of them didn't, a lot of them didn't finish, and a lot of them left here planted early. He says, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works with S on it. So that means the unrecordable works of Christ, the volumes of work that he did, it was the Father in him doing those accelerated works. So in order for the church to live accelerated, they're going to have to be so pliable, so in fellowship with God that he's talking through me and working through me. Now, when that happens, healing becomes so notable that the whole region knows that if you go over there, I don't care what you got. And I'm telling you, people are searching for healing. And I'm telling you that right now. Corona out there running everywhere. They, man, people are running and shutting down and, and hiding all kind of stuff. They almost, they just, they bother me now. I was in Kroger's. Just trying to get some neck bones and, 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 some, and some cabbage. Amen. If you don't know what that is, you don't know what country eating. <laughs> Come over to my house. I'll, I'll hook you up. We strongly urge. How do you strongly urge? We strongly urge everybody with a shot or without a shot. I don't know what you do without a shot. 
But we strongly encourage everybody, and I'm just saying that's what they were saying on the thing, wear a mask to keep everybody safe. You ain't convinced me that a mask and a shot is safety. Because I know people with masks and shots, they got dirt through on them. They six feet under. So you ain't convinced me. See, I'm looking for guarantees. Guarantees me you can go to sleep at night. You can sleep even though a storm is going on. You can go to sleep in your boat even though it's storming. I am not going to use my life to roll dices with nobody. I am not trying to, this is, I don't want to preach my personal preference. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm living, I'm letting Jesus be my vaccination. Jesus is my mask. No plague shall come nigh my dwelling. If something does come, I don't wonder how it got there. I say get out of here in the name of Jesus. Because I got to tell you the name of Jesus is an accelerated name. That at the name of Jesus, everything in heaven has got to bow. Everything in the earth. And it, and it does it right away. It's an accelerated name. When you are properly using the name of Jesus, everything around you has got to accelerate. And it's guaranteed. It's a blood sworn oath covenant that when you use the name of Jesus, the angels of God immediately are engaged. The Holy Ghost is engaged. The blood of Jesus is engaged. God is engaged. I live for guarantees. I don't, I don't be playing stuff like that. And other people can do whatever. They can do whatever. Listen, they was doing whatever they want to at Kroger's. Because they don't live like me. They don't pick up the word like me. They pick up bologna. They pick up bread. They pick up eggs and juice. They don't pick up the word like me. So I don't have to live like them. You don't, if you're going to live close to God, I said if. If you're going to live close to God, you don't have to live like everybody else. Those, those provisions are out there where man knows that without some kind of help, all is lost. So we have to have some kinds of systems out there to protect the ding, no, excuse me, to protect the general population. I am not general population. My name is written in heaven. I am a citizen of heaven. God is my daddy. Amen. Jesus is my big brother. The Holy Ghost, amen, is the power of God in me and on me, amen. And I got angels encamped around about me. I like what Dr. Jacobs preached the other night. I didn't even see it in the Bible until Candace and Pastor Cynthia told me. Encamp means they just stoop around your house. They know they're not leaving. They know they're not leaving, and they know they don't run everything off, and there ain't going to be no activity around your house, so they take a knee. They stoop down around your house. Oh, you ought to see your house tonight in the supernatural. You ought to see where you live at. If you just got to stand back and look at your house in the spirit realm, you shout and buck and jump, talking about that's my place. Can't no devil come up in here. I'm highly protected. I don't even see how a drop of corona could get in my house. 
That's what you do if you saw your house in the supernatural. Well, if you get supernatural eyes and get revelatory eyes from the Holy Ghost, you can read your Bible and see that and get excited just reading your Bible. You can run up the street tonight in your pajamas getting a revelation. Just reading your Bible tonight. <laughs> yes, you would. People like, let's make a deal. You want a refrigerator and a matching stove and run down the aisle half wild. Oh, if you could see your accelerator, yeah, you take off. And I'm trying to get it to you. Some of you pushing back on me. No, ask for my word. You should be praying. God, give him revelation about my accelerator year. And let him open his mouth boldly and speak this mystery. Because I want this year like never before. I heard the prophet say it. I believe it exists. You did more works through Jesus. They couldn't be recorded. And the same Father is living in me. The same Holy Ghost he had, I got it. And the works he does, I do more works than these. So accelerate a year. I'm about trying to get the same production out of you last year. Look at your production last year. How many people got saved through you? How many people did you lay hands on? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Don't be a, that's how people are bored, come to church. Ain't nobody trying to get you to just have a come to church year. That's not what we after. You just came to church year. When you had time, when it was convenient. You just had a came to church year. Your whole life is summarized by how many days you make it to church. And to keep from having poor attendance, we've cut it back to two days a week. So nobody should lease, nobody should make less than a 50. Because <laughs> we do four days a week. <laughs> if we do four days a week, the score is going to be for somebody could be 25%. <laughs> it could be 25%. That's why they cut it back because they start looking at the attendance records. Oh, Lord. <laughs> your, your absentee rate is 80%. Because we were meeting every day. And this is how this thing is. Jesus told 500 people to meet him in the upper room. I'm going to give y'all the Holy Ghost. 120 shows up. That's Jesus. So God gave her saved by few. He said, broad is the way. Broad. I went by the church I, 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 I grew up in. They done built a big old building, 700-seat auditorium thing closed. Homeless people sleeping all around it. The homeless have taken it over. Just because one little Corona 19 virus showed up. It shut down every, it shut down the one day they had. The one dead day they had. Wiped it out. We serve a God. Nothing shall be impossible to the believer. So evidently they wasn't. I'm a believer. And the Bible said the same power that raised God from the dead is available to the believer. Yeah. Amen. And listen, the power that got him up 
way outweighs corona. Way outweighs corona. Yeah, praise God. Brother Wesson wasn't there. told Adrian, he was in there. He was in the hospital with, with the tubes down his throat. I told his wife, they wouldn't let me come. I said, told his wife, I said, you speak to his body. You get rid of fear. You don't let the devil give you an image of dying. How can you let him give you an image of dying when Jesus said, I came, that you might have life? So how you believe in more in the killing, stealing, and the destruction of the devil? How you believing in that more? You rebuke him, and you, ca and you cast out the spirit of fear, and you speak to your husband's body. And I called him the next day. I said, ain't let me come and get on again. I'll put the phone by your ear. We're going to speak to this. And this is what you do all day. This is what you to do all day. You don't, you don't do nothing else. You got your phone and you can get, you can listen to these people. This is what you do all day. Because we have got to draw what? We got to get close to God. We got to so get so close that Corona don't have a chance. <laughs> we got to get so close to God. You got to get so close to God, God, Corona can't tell you and God apart. You got to get so close to God that, that if Corona get on you, it's got to get on God. And hills melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. <laughs> hills melt like wax. You got to get so much of Jesus in you that if Corona hits you, it hit him. And you know something's going to happen now. Amen. Say amen to that. Well, praise the Lord. Believe me. Verse 11. That I am in the Father and the Father in me. And the works show that. Verily, verily, 12, verse 12. Ver when Jesus is talking about verily, verily, you ought to meditate on that all week. I say unto you, he that believeth on me, that I believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ in my life. I believe what he made me. I believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ. I believe what he made me. I believe what he gave me. I believe I'm seated in heavenly places. I believe I've been given the name of Jesus. I believe I've been given keys to the kingdom. That whatever I say is coming to pass. Oh, wait till you start living like that. Standing in the presence of God. Declaring. And, and all of heaven backing you up. That's why you don't want to eat with buzzards. You can't mix it. You cannot mix it. Listen, to have the things of the Spirit of God, you cannot have the Spirit of the world. It's over in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, round by verse 9. You, you can't have both spirits at the same time. Forget about R rated movies. Which spirit made it? The spirit of the world or the spirit of God? If the spirit of God made it, then enjoy yourself. Go knock yourself out. But if the spirit from the pit of hell made that movie, got in somebody that don't even know God, don't want God, sit there and directed the movie, no, we need more blood in that. 
No. They got too many clothes on. No. Who made this? Whose ideal is this? Who established this? Who's behind this? An accelerated year, you got to know what spirit is behind the conversation I'm touching. Because there's only one spirit that can cause you to have an accelerated year. And the question is, am I just trying to have that spirit on Sunday morning? Trying to act like I'm anointed on Sunday morning and touch the other spirit all week long? We ain't talking about no acceleration. We're talking about deceleration. You didn't even have a funerals living like that. Funerals! What happens if we don't have sheets from the prophet and the pastor that explains healing? What happens if you don't have nobody to call in your dark hour that can agree with you and get power flowing? Where do you think all these funerals coming from? That's me. Are you ever? I said, First of all, y'all don't even believe in healing. I'm having all these funerals all week long. That's what the pastor's telling me. How's it going for you? My old man was crucified. I was buried with him with baptism. But raised to walk in the newness of life. I was buried with him in the likeness of his death. Amen. But I've been raised to walk in the newness of life. As the glory raised him up, that's how I'm living. I went down, but I didn't stay down. Does that count? And I ain't bragging. I just choose to lose, live this way. I, I, I ain't bragging. I just choose to make a choice. That's how the men of God over me trained me. They didn't live like that. And I didn't want nobody doing something less than that. Uncommitted men of God turned me off when I was with Dr. Jacobs, and I could tell. I could tell when somebody ain't committed. I could pick it up real quick. I don't care what you preach, because you can't say no. Either God gave you what you coming out of your mouth, or it's just coming off the top of your head. And deep calleth under deep. We can tell. I can tell when somebody's filibustered. <laughs> You're a trip. <laughs> I can tell when it's showmanship. I can tell when it's orating talent. Oration is not the Holy Ghost. Power is. Where's the manifestations? You just did a clown act on the platform, hooped and hollered and jumped, and got a bunch of other corner Christians jumping you. Where's the power? There ain't no power, it ain't God. How God anointed Jesus within the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And if God is with you, they all get healed, not some of them. And that's how the house gets known for healing. Because everybody comes, gets their healing, and eventually it begins to grow, and it gets around the power of God is working in that place. 
and God wants it accelerated. Said, how shall be known for healing? You got to know how it works. It works when you get close to God. It works when you draw nigh to him. It works when every word of his comes out of your mouth because it's in your heart. It works because you're close to him. It works because your fellowship is with the believers and not with the world. It works because I'm receiving things of the Spirit of God because I don't touch the world. It works because he walks among us. He's our God. We are his sons and daughters because we don't touch the unclean things in the world. And then he receives us and walks among us. That's how it works. That's how it works. And that's how we're going to live because we want to live this way. Look what he says right here. Verily, verily, I say unto you, verse 12, he that believeth on me the works that I do, the works that I do, he shall do also. He that believeth on me the works I do. He that believeth on me. So evidently, if they're not doing the works, they ain't believing. It's a form of worship that looks like it's believing. But if it ain't got no works attached with it, it's a form of worship. They sing beautifully. He ain't talking about singing. He's talking about releasing people from bondage. He's talking about supernatural increase. Are we called to minister to him in worship? Yes. But we're really called to do what he did. We are the body of Christ in the earth. We are the body. And if you don't spend enough time, well, you don't even know what to sing. Get a trophy for talking about how the devil chased you all year. Anyway, I'm just wondering, maybe, maybe, praise God. I was brought up under two prophets. They talked direct. They didn't play. They was just straight. They was just, they just laid it out there straight. I'm telling you, I was brought up under two prophets that just laid it out there straight. Dr. Jake was in the church, Dr. Dufresne was in the church one time. He said, it's, it's, it's three couples in here committing adultery in the church. Boy, that's a son you wish you'd have stayed at home. But you here now. But you here now. You knew you said something told me not to come. But you here now. It's two couples, three couples in here. Swap it. This is my pastor's pastor. He told, he told, he told one of the priests, you go down that road, the Holy Ghost is going to show them to you. Told the other preacher, you go down there in the Holy Ghost, and I'm going down the center. He says, hey, church is a ride now. Everybody up. <laughs> Ain't nobody sleeping right now. Everybody is alert. How long is this going to go? Is he going to read everybody's mail today? <laughs> How close is the exit? <laughs> I know we shouldn't sit this far. Away from the door. <laughs> this is my man of God's pastor. And it got on Dr. Jacobs. He come in there preaching like that. But welcome to Church on the Rock. I was brought up under two prophets, and they went down there and poured the couples out. Poured them out. 
Next Sunday, not so many rows. It was empty spaces. <laughs> it was empty seats. <laughs> it's empty seats. Some people don't want a real church. Some people don't want a real church. <laughs> Some people don't want a real church. The next Sunday, boy, you can sit anywhere you want to. But you can get healed this Sunday. You can prosper. You can get accelerated this Sunday because the power of God is in there. Your family can go to a whole nother level because now the liberty of the sons of God and the power of transformation is here. Amen. Praise God. Well, now you know how I was brought up. We did that one morning at mentoring. Somebody's committing adultery. He said it one morning at mentoring. He got real quiet just like he got in here. <laughs> I, I was there that Sunday. You start examining yourself. <laughs> Praise God. Boy, he didn't walk there. He just stopped. Praise God. I told you I was brought up. I come in here one morning and say, somebody's in here cutting up. <laughs> you know it's that prophetic anointing that got on me. <laughs> praise God. Oh, praise God. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> we got to go here, y'all. I'm sorry. We got to go here. I'm just telling you. This is the way we got to go. We got to go all the way with God. This is it. Nothing else is going to work. I hope you done figured it out. I hope you done figured it out. Nothing else is going to work. Look over here in Ephesians chapter 3. Well, we'll hold, hold your place right there. And um, he said, the works I do, you do because I'm going into the Father. Then go over here in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It's my last verse. I'm done. We're talking about a living accelerated. God wants to accelerate your prayer life. I said that, didn't I? When he says, I want to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask to say, that's acceleration. Yes. Yes. That's acceleration. I don't looked it up. He says, I want your prayer life accelerated this year. His, his presence, hear his voice, and your intercession is key to acceleration. It's the first act of Jesus every morning was prayer. Got to talk to God. Most believers don't live that way. Their day starts them. And the Bible said, God, in him we live and move and have our being. And he, he wakes me morning by morning. Now, God wakes me. You don't wake up because it's morning. You do not wake up because your alarm comes. He giveth his beloved rest. That's how you get to sleep. Amen. And then he touches you in the morning. The first thing that makes you move in the morning is God. We haven't been trained like that. That's what the Bible teaches. He wakeneth me. Isaiah 50, verse 4. Morning by morning. The first thing you experience is the grace of God. The devil wants us to think getting up just happened. He wants us to become unthankful to the things of God. Just sit down and start gobbling food, didn't say thank you or nothing. I saw this guy, he's high as a kite. I mean, I could smell the marijuana on him. 
but somebody taught him something. He sat down and bowed his head and prayed to the Most High while he was high. And thank God for, he impressed me. So much weed on in my suit. I, it started doing something to me. I, <laughs> I, I started getting a little happy. Wow. So much weed coming off of him. I ain't been around it for a long. I'm sensitive to it, you know. And I ain't been around it, you know. And, <laughs> and he bowed his head and didn't touch it. And he had to munch it. Some of y'all don't know what that is, do you? I'm sorry. I wasn't always living saved. The munchings is an appetite that you get after consumption of a legal substance of the right type. You just all of a sudden want to eat. And so they call, you want to munch on something, so they called it the munchies. And this young fellow had a case of the munchies, you could tell. By how much he had, he, what he was playing on eating, you could look at what he's playing on eating, he got the munchies. But he stopped. He had a conscience toward God while he was high. And prayed. I said, what you looking at? No, we need to thank God. Somebody taught him how to be thankful. They didn't tell him what not to smoke, but they taught him how to be thankful. And when God touches us in the morning, you got touched this morning. God is so good, he touched everybody in your house. Oh, you should have ran around the house. Mama, you touched? Yeah, he touched me. Daddy, you touched? Yeah, he touched me. Brother, you touched? You know he did. Sister, you touched? Ain't he all right? <laughs> God was in your house. This morning, you know the horror when people don't get up. You know what it'll do to your house if somebody ain't moving? And Satan comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But you know when everybody moves in the morning, the devil didn't have his way in your house. We can take that for granted. We take so much for granted as believers. The Bible said it means the devil is trying to make us to become unthankful. He said people that fell away from God, they began to become unthankful. Became unthankful. Even if the day wasn't your best day and you made the mistake of getting high, no, you don't look like it. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Never let your thankfulness stop. 
Let me read this. <laughs> Ephesians 3.20, then I'm done. Now unto him. Who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above or accelerate? I can accelerate what this really means. You can use that word. All. All. See, I, something like this, the scripture like this in the Bible. This is an invitation to an accelerated life now unto him who is able to do abundantly, exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. Then I realized your thinking had to be accelerated. Your thinking, your asking needs to be accelerated and your thinking, God wants to accelerate our thinking. That to the point that we can do a million dollars in a moment. Because he's able. He don't need you to have, quote, unquote, a good job. He needs you to have good faith. He doesn't need you to have a good career, per se. He needs you to have good faith. He needs you to believe him. He needs you. See, accelerated life means you get so close to God, you can believe him. You can put your credentials down. Stop thinking about how you going to pay it off. And start getting close to him and know that everything he has is yours. And however you get it to me, I'll be satisfied. Yeah. However you want to get it to me, I'll be satisfied. Yeah. Accelerated living is not my ability, but it's his. Yeah. It's his ability. Yeah. He's, able He's able to do exceedingly, then abundantly, then above all that we ask or think according to To the power, Christ, the power of God living in me. According to how I let the word and the spirit work in me. According to my closeness with the word and with the spirit. According to how I draw nigh to God and God draws nigh to me. According to how I let him live through me. Not my words, but his words. Not my works, but his works. If I let him work in me, come on now. According to the power that worketh in us. It's not that I don't have the money. The question is, is the power working in me? The question is not, can I get better? The question is, is the power working in me? The question is not if I'm going to get my healing or not. The question is, is the power working in me? Am I letting power work in me? And if, I'm, if I believe, then the power is working. And believing comes by being with him.
Not one word of God can fail to come to pass. But I got to hear his word first. And then I begin to hear his word. Then the power of the word starts working in me. Then he said, if I knew, when I knew I was going to start living this life, he said, I knew I had to have some word in me. Every word of God is filled with the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Every word is loaded with power to perform what the word just said. So when the word of the Lord came to Mary, you're going to have a baby without knowing a man, then the power to exclude the man came on the scene. When you got a word that you're going to have a baby without knowing a man, then the power to produce the baby without the man in the word came on the scene. And the Holy Ghost administered that word to her. And the thing that was conceived in her was called the Son of God. So God's word can produce whatever it said. If he said from a small seed, you ain't got to start off big. From a small seed shall grow a mighty tree. And where there be a little, there shall be a lot. In your checkbooks, there shall be abundance and no lack. I'm telling you, it's some power up in here. But I got to get that word on the inside of me. I got to get up in the morning, amen, even though the ground has been hard even though it looked like you can't produce what I just said. Don't you lose one minute of sleep. Don't you stay up one extra minute worried about how it's going to come to pass. Nothing shall be impossible. And with God, all things. Go to bed with God tonight. Get up with him in the morning. Fellowship with him all week long. You're going to have an accelerated year. Don't you let no buzzards mess up your accelerated year. Tell them I ain't flying with y'all no more. We don't talk the same thing. I notice we don't talk the same thing. I notice we don't eat the same thing. I got to change my fellowship group. And I don't like the way y'all smell either. Buzzards got an odor. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands to heaven.